Support for OPB comes from our members and from our sponsors, like Tracy Ray from the employment law firm of Baron Lehman. Tracy says that OPB sponsorship is a great way to support the community and connect with Baron Liebman's clients. This is Think Out Loud on OPB. I'm Dave Miller. Yesterday, the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service announced that wolverines will now be listed as a threatened species under the Endangered Species Act. The agency cited current and increasing impacts of climate change and the associated loss of habitat in its decision. The ruling has been hailed by conservation groups which have been advocating and litigating to protect wolverines in the contiguous U.S. for more than 20 years. One of those groups is Cascadia Wildlands. Bethany Cotton is the conservation director for the Eugene-based nonprofit, and she joins us now. Welcome to the show. Thanks. You've been working on wolverine listing for a number of years now. What went through your mind yesterday when you heard this news? A mixture of uh, being totally thrilled um, that at long last this iconic species is receiving these protections uh, and relieved. Uh, We didn't know for sure that the agency would at long last do the right thing and some sadness that it took so long and that we lost that time to really help this animal move toward recovery. Hmm. What went into the last 20 years or so? We don't have time for the entire back and forths, but can you give us the short version of that history? Sure. Uh, So the first petition to list Wolverine under the Endangered Species Act dates back to 1995. And I will absolutely not take credit for that because I was in middle school in (laughs) Southern Oregon then. Uh, And then there was a long process uh, where the agency was considering that petition. And there was quite a lot of political interference under the George W. Bush administration. And there was quite a backlog of species that were awaiting protection um, under the law. And then um, through some litigation, that logjam was uh, broken and the agency caught up and made listing decisions on over 250 imperiled species. Um, And ultimately that led to an initial decision um, to to propose listing in 2013. Uh, And I have been working on this issue since then. Uh, And but then unfortunately, the agency turned around and reversed itself and withdrew its decision. Uh, And that was challenged in court. And in 2016, the court said, Nope, uh, you did not follow the best available science and you failed to uh, follow the the law um, and told the agency to uh, make a new decision. Um, and the agency again recommended listing and then with uh, reversed itself again and went back to court um, and then asked the court to uh, give it a little time to revisit. Um, so that did not lead to another court decision. It led to the agency going back and taking another look Um, and producing what's called a species status assessment that looks at the state of the science. um, And that resulted in yesterday's listing, where at long last, uh, the agency acknowledged that Wolverine are in significant trouble, uh, largely, as you mentioned, um, due to climate impacts um, to essential habitat, um, as well as other factors, including habitat fragmentation by roads and logging um, and uh, impacts um, caused by trapping. You mentioned the phrase best available science, which is a, uh, sort of a, a regulatory phrase in, in a lot of ways. H- how much more do we know about wolverines 
than when the listing effort first started? Certainly more than we did in 1995. The science of climate change um, has evolved and clarified significantly. Um, but if you talk to Wolverine scientists, they'll tell you that we knew plenty uh, in 2013 to have uh, justified the listing um, and that that science has only gotten stronger and more stark since then. What is the preferred habitat of wolverines? So the essential habitat that they absolutely need to survive is high alpine, um, deep springtime snowpack. Um, and that's because they den, uh, basically they create caves in snow um, and den in that and have and rear their young that way. Um, so it's quite essential that they have that late spring snowpack and that's why they're so sensitive to climate. Um, but they will disperse across lots of other types of habitat um, like we saw with the Wolverine who showed up along the Columbia back in April. Hmm. What is the estimate for their population in the lower 48 states right now? Our best guess is about 300 individuals. Do you have a sense for what it would have been historically? I don't think we really have a great historic uh, estimate, but we do know that they were in a lot of places where they haven't been for quite some time. So, for example, the last wolverine was trapped in Oregon in 1968, and then uh, they were gone for decades. Um, and then one in 2011 showed up in the Lawas, and that one individual animal uh, has been documented there in the Lawas uh, every year since. Um, and then we had our first Western Oregon Wolverine just this spring uh, who was spotted in several places, but we do think is probably that same individual. So at this stage, we have two Wolverine that we know of in Oregon. Um, they've uh, returned to, to California, but again, very few individuals. And then the, the core population are in the Northern Rockies and Montana and Wyoming, and we've got a few in Washington state as well. Hmm. This listing, if I understand correctly, is only for the contiguous 48 states. And and really, it seems like it's, it's as you just noted, about very few particular Western states. Are wolverine populations healthier in Alaska? Are they in Alaska? Yes, to both. <laughs> hmm. So, and, and this, this ruling um, will not affect those populations. Right. So, I... How significant is it that that the Wolverine was seen in Western Oregon? I mean, is is that just a kind of a little bit of a blip or is it more meaningful? We certainly hope that it's a harbinger of this uh, species returning to lost but still suitable habitat in Oregon and in Washington state. Um, that is a normal behavior for a young animal after it no longer needs to be um, with its mom um, to then disperse and try to find a habitat of its own. Um, so in all likelihood, that was a, a dispersing individual the same way you see that happen with wolves and other relatively solitary uh, carnivorous species. Um, so it's certainly a hopeful sign. If you're just tuning in, we are talking about yesterday's announcement that wolverines will now be federally listed as threatened under the Endangered Species Act. You wrote in a press release yesterday that the service prepared a mostly strong interim rule. What do you mean by that? 
So this is a little wonky piece, but the Endangered Species Act contains a provision um, that allows for what are called 4D rules. Um, and historically, those were used by the service to actually um, afford all the same protections that uh, species that are listed are endangered, which is a, a higher level of imperilment to species that were threatened. More recently, it's sometimes used to, frankly, excuse um, some actions that that uh, may impact the species. And, and we are concerned that there's language in this interim 4D rule uh, that actually could undermine um, the safeguards of the listing itself. Um, and it and the agency did open a public comment period. So we will be engaging in that public comment and encourage those uh, in the public who are interested to do so as well. Um, specifically, that concerning language was um, excusing trapping of wolverine. Um, and given that trapping is one of the threats and that we know that at least 20 wolverine were caught in traps in the last decade in Montana and Wyoming, that's not insignificant number when you're talking about a population of just around 300 individuals. Am I right that what you're worried about is the incidental or, or accidental trapping of wolverines? Because the 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 doing that on purpose would go against the rule? That's right. And it's not allowed in Oregon anyway, because wolverine have actually been protected um, by the State Endangered Species Act. Um, so it's it's long actually been illegal to trap or hunt wolverine in Oregon. Um, but that is not true in some of um, the states. And that is one prohibition that is afforded by this listing. Well, are there things that trappers say that going for bobcats or something that they could do to make it less likely that Wolverine would find themselves trapped? The best thing to do that would to not be to trap in Wolverine habitat because Wolverine are uh, scavengers. Um, and so they're kind of trap junkies. Um, they're pretty likely to be attracted to a baited trap or a, a scent lure. Um, so there's definitely some risk associated with that. And that's something that's happened um, in other contexts where um, certain forms of traps are prohibited in parts of Montana that are known Canada lynx habitat um, to prevent trapping of lynx. Hmm. So that's your critique of uh, this interim rule, but I, I understand there, there are aspects of it that you are in favor of. The agency is going to be preparing a Wolverine recovery plan. What do these plans normally entail? Uh, they really outline what the primary threats are and then what the plan is to address those threats and what uh, steps it would take to do that. So we analogize that to if you think of the Endangered Species Act list as the emergency room for threatened and imperiled uh, plants and animals, that this is basically the plan that the doctor writes um, to help you recover from your injury or your illness. Um, so it's the steps that the agency is going to take um, and work with other federal and state agencies to take to help put the species on a path to recovery. If the, I mean, to stick with the ER analogy, if the the biggest medical issue here is climate change induced lack of habitat, there are, are others. I mean, we we're talking about trapping, for example. But but if the biggest overall thing is that there isn't just going to be, say, enough deep spring snowpack for them to to make their dens, then what can what can any agency do about that? 
store. Well, we have to confront the existential threat, not just to Wolverine, but to all of us. That is uh, anthropogenic climate change, climate change caused by humans. Uh, and so that needs to happen at every agency, at every level of government and with all of us. Um, and that we, if we help prevent catastrophic climate change impacts, that doesn't just benefit Wolverine, it benefits you and me and helps um, impact with the impacts that we're all feeling around climate, smoky summers and um, record heat domes. Uh, but it also means that it's really important to not further fragment habitat. So for example, you'd want to be really careful to not allow a clear cut logging project in core high elevation Wolverine habitat or think carefully about whether there's a proposed road that would provide uh, an, more threats to the species or result in more threats to the species. So you one thing that is really helpful about Endangered Species Act protections is that all other federal agencies have to consult with the Fish and Wildlife Service about uh, potential impacts of their proposed projects. And so that will be true across Wolverine range going forward. Uh, and we can hopefully prevent some of the contributing factors to those impacts. What's the time frame for that? I mean, how long before critical habitat areas are identified and protections for those areas are actually fully on the books? Sure. Well, I would love to know that for sure. But in general, the agency does that within a year. So we're quite hopeful the agency will do that. Uh, go ahead and propose critical habitat and then finalize it. And there'd be a public comment process for that. Um, I hope also hope that the agency will work quickly uh, to write that recovery plan and publish that as well. You noted that um, the trapping of wolverines has already been outlawed at the state level in Oregon. Will this federal listing change anything about wolverines in Oregon? Uh, that issue around consultation um, that we were talking about. So if there are proposals by the U.S. Forest Service or the Bureau of Land Management or other federal agencies or connected actions um, that might impact uh Wolverines themselves or Wolverine habitat, um, then the agency is going to have to consider that and talk to the Fish and Wildlife Service about ways to mitigate that or whether those impacts are so severe that the proposed project cannot move forward. What might happen in terms of the reintroduction of Wolverines in different states? Sure. So there was a fairly advanced proposal to reintroduce Wolverine in Colorado. And Colorado's great Wolverine habitat, they have uh, really high peaks. So you've probably heard the term 14er. <laughs> There's more 14,000 foot peaks in Colorado than any other state. Uh, and that was unfortunately uh, delayed and stalled out around when the service um, pulled that 2013 proposed listing and changed course and reversed itself. So there's a lot of hope um, that that will restart and that we'll see Wolverines return to Colorado in the next few years. What does this listing mean for you personally? I think a lot. I, so I grew up in rural Southern Oregon, uh, and I think a lot about all the wildlife that is missing, that should have been there, that I should have had a chance to see as a kid. Um, and a lot of those animals I didn't see until I was in my 30s, and I traveled to Yellowstone and um, to Glacier National Park, and it's where I first saw wolves and grizzly bears, and I think a wolverine, um, although it wasn't a great sighting. So I'm still waiting for 
a really great one. And and I think about my niece and and others who are younger than I am who, you know, if we don't do something about this, might never get a chance to see these animals in the wild and outside of captivity. Um, and I was part of those initial lawsuits because I fundamentally believe that Wolverine have a right to exist uh, for and have intrinsic value. And I also believe that protecting habitat and uh, addressing the risk of extinction to these species that is caused by humans is um, a duty that we have um, for this and future generations. Bethany Cotton, thanks very much. Thank you. Bethany Cotton is conservation director for the Eugene-based nonprofit Cascadia Wildlands. She joined us to talk about yesterday's announcement that wolverines will now be federally listed as threatened under the Endangered Species Act. Members make Think Out Loud and all of OPB's independent journalism possible. Support the next fascinating story and join in as a sustainer at opb.org pod.